Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Heavenly Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text for today is the Old Testament lesson appointed for the, uh, the 12th Sunday in the season of Pentecost. I read to you from Joshua chapter 12, starting with the first and second verse, and then concluding with the verses uh, 14 through 18. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your, uh, the gods your father served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God." Thus far, the text. I invite you to bow your heads with me in prayer. Lord God, we praise your name for the word that you give. And we ask, dear God, that you help us not just to receive it, but to trust it deeply in our hearts and to live according to what it is that you've given us. Uh, live in your grace and your mercy. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus our Lord, friends, this text is very fitting for the 12th Sunday in Pentecost here at Grace, fitting in that this week we'll be celebrating two baptisms. During Sunday worship, we'll be welcome, welcoming an infant into God's holy family right here in this sanctuary. And then later in the evening, we'll be gathered at a hospice around the bed of a senior as she, too, is baptized. God be praised. Young or old, he carries us lovingly in very much the same way as a shepherd carries a sheep, tender and secure upon his shoulders. Uh, the shoulders, that's actually where our reading starts today. Fittingly, at a place called Shechem. Uh, Shechem is located deep within the heart of the promised land of Cam, yeah, Canaan. It's a fitting site for Joshua's final address because Shechem rests upon the shoulders of the two of the greatest mountains in the region. Mount Gerizim to the south rises some 500 meters above the valley floor, and Mount Ebal, uh, some 70 meters taller than that even, fills the view to the north, standing there upon those two mountainous shoulders. In a place called the shoulder, Joshua reminds the people of Israel that God has borne them upon his own mighty shoulders. Joshua recounts to them, first of all, how God lifted them up. He starts with a single man. He talks about Abraham, who, for all intents and purposes, old and useless as he was with respect to his age and as good as dead, 
as he was, and through his aged wife, Sarah, God raises up their entire nation. God carries Isaac, Jacob's son, safely upon his shoulders at Moriah. Uh, Isaac's son, Jacob, and Jacob's 12 sons are likewise carried. God spares them from famine through Joseph. God releases them all from captivity in Egypt after that. And after leading them through the Red Sea on dry ground, he destroys Pharaoh's army with a mere blast of his nostrils. Uh, though they sinned against God. God leads them through the wilderness and sustains them for 40 years, giving them manna and quail and water to satisfy the needs of their bodies and his holy presence to satisfy the needs of their soul. He wins the victory for them as they cross the Jordan River. Victory after victory, actually. He takes, uh, takes the land and gives it to them, uh, all of Canaan. God's mighty shoulders bears them through it all. And now it's time for Israel to make a decision, standing there upon those two mighty shoulders at Shechem. Joshua says, And if it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Note that um, Joshua uses these, these very specific words here. He's not telling Israel to choose between the one true God and the other gods. He's saying, if you've already rejected the God who has carried you thus far, regarding him as evil in your sight, you have two choices left. These are the things you can choose from. You can choose to worship the gods of Egypt or the gods of Canaan. That's one biblical commentator puts it, and that's akin to saying, if you've already rejected the perfect meal that completely satisfies the soul, the only two other menu options you have to choose from is rotting garbage and manure. Now, blunt as that may sound, Joshua's question is being asked of us as we rest in our Shechem, here upon the shoulders of our Almighty God. Our Almighty God has carried us to this point. He's done that in love. For many of us, we realized that from even before we were received into membership in God's holy family. We realized that in the love of our parents who prayed over our cribs or who prayed over us as they held us in their arms, trusting us into God's care. We realized it in our baptisms. We realized it when God carried us in his word. Whether we read it or heard it or, or watched it or studied it, God sent his Holy Spirit to us in that word so that we would know him all the more. We learned his righteous laws and were made recipients of his glorious gospel, the former acting as our curb, mirror, and guide, and the latter setting us free from our sins. Now, for those of you who haven't heard those terms, the law, the Ten Commandments, establishes curbs or sets boundaries in the human conscience which we shouldn't cross. When we do cross those lines, the law holds a mirror in front of us uh, in front of our faces, convicting us of our sins. And 
we repent, or we should. And as we do, God's mercy floods our souls. <laughs> in, our, in our conviction, God says, my son died for you. That's the gospel. And in our redeemed state, once we have been blessed by receiving this gospel, we are blessed to have that same law now acting as a guide to guide us in paths of righteousness. What better God can we have than this? He helps us to see him in every moment of our lives. Um, he warns us of sins. He convicts us of sins. He washes us of sins. And then he teaches us to walk according to his ways. We're blessed. Can we reject a God like that? Some do. And maybe we should for a moment play the hypothetics here. What if? What if it would be evil in our eyes to serve a God of that nature? Then what kind of options do we as sinful human beings have? Well, there are choices there. <laughs> we reject God. We can rechoice to uh, we, 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 can, we can choose to, to feed on material goods that are so loved by humans. Or, or we can choose to dine upon societal norms that are so loved and valued by the world. But if we choose to feast on material goods, we should be prepared to ingest along with them both moth and rust. That is, if we end up with anything at all on our plates, because in addition to moth and rust destroying our earthly treasures, the things that we might choose to feed upon are still susceptible to going missing at the hands of thieves. You can look that up, Matthew 6.19. And if we choose to feast upon society, uh, we should maybe be prepared to receive a smorgasbord of shifting shadows. Uh, shifting shadows, pardon me. At least that's what James calls it in the epistle that bears his name. Now, eating and shifting shadows carries with it its own dangers. Let me explain. When I was in St. Louis uh, at a lamp board of directors meeting, we ate at a restaurant in the hotel. It was convenient because the restaurant was right there where we were staying. And we started out with salads. They were nice. Uh, one of us, though, had gotten something on our plate that no one could identify. It was a kind of short, about an inch long, spiky. And it looked like a leaf of some sort, but we couldn't make uh, what it was because it was covered in salad dressing. Um, nobody else seemed to have it on their salad, so the fellow moved over to the edge of his plate and, plate and continued on with his meal. Good thing he did. Because about halfway through eating that salad, that thing started to move. It was a very spiky caterpillar covered in salad dressing. When we bow down to worship society, we bow down to worship whatever it is that society feeds us. We eat from its plate of whims and fancies. Now, some of the stuff is minor, and we might, <laughs> we might hear and believe that rock over there is offensive, or that math, uh, that math is racist. But then we might also feed on 
someone saying that police officers should be shot or churches should be burned and so on. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters, so says James. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all that he created. James 1, 16-18. That's where our theology rests. It rests in God's truth and upon God's shoulders. He makes us the first fruits of his new creation by the blood of his one and only Son. That's what our baptisms are all about. We are baptized into the death and resurrection of Christ, and it doesn't matter at all our age. The infant and that senior both rest completely upon the shoulders of our loving God, the latter being carried to the font just the same way as the former. Both arrive in the same sinful state as children of Adam, and both depart in the same holiness, completely washed and declared righteous in Christ, and both will be carried to eternity in that blood-bought gift of holiness, as will each one of us. We rest upon God's shoulders, too. Whether we're young or old, he who has redeemed us and who has given us confidence to trust that the blood of his Son has accomplished our salvation will continue to carry us always to life everlasting. That brings us to our key verse for this week, Psalm 34, 22. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. This is our confidence. And it forms the very basis of our confession. By it, we, the recipients of God's grace, can join all of Israel in that valley at Shechem and say, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. Once more, that's Psalm 34, 22. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. May you be blessed in what it is that you've heard today and remember especially upon whose shoulders you rest. Whether you're baptized or whether you're looking forward to being baptized at some point in the future, may God grant you to know that he has carried you and has cared for you thus far, just as he carried and cared for Israel, and that he will continue to do so for all time through the blood of his Son who died and rose again to give you newness of life and in whose name we all say, Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we thank you. You have chosen to rescue us. You hold us on your shoulders. And Lord God, uh, that, uh, that you do that means that we don't have to enter into question as to whether or not we're going to uh, live societally or uh, materialistically, but instead we, we're gifted to know that we're going to live in you. Help us to always um, make that our confession and make that our life. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Amen. Amen.